3: Welcome to the and Writer's Clues. My name is Steve Whitman, joined as always by my friends, uh, Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. I ask you, Emily. Emily, what's your favorite kind of
0: salad? Um, like, do you mean like pasta, chicken, egg? Or like, no. are you, do you mean like, what lettuce do I like salad. in a lettuce salad? Okay, Um, I think I have two, can mm-hmm. I have two? I really like the strawberry one that's at Panera in the summer, the okay. poppy seed one. then um, there's also one at Salad Works, the fine American dining establishment mm-hmm. that has these like candied walnuts in it. I forget what it's called, but it's got that and chicken and like blue cheese and cranberries. And I used to get it all the time from the salad works in Liberty place when I worked downtown. So those would be like my two favorite salads.
3: Are you a you pick two person?
0: Uh, Yeah, I would never just get the full salad because I really like sandwiches a lot. I normally get the, the Turkey. No. Is it Turkey? No, it's chicken. The chicken panini with the onion Mm -hmm. and cheese, that thing. It's good.
3: And Dan, um, you know fair and balanced what's your favorite salad dressing
2: oh uh, you see i'm i'm so picky about everything like mm-hmm. i don't even usually like a dressing like i'll do like a little like lemon lime on it or like really? uh or like That's sometimes wild. if they have something a you little sweeter a spray like a like a apple cider kind of thing like a balsamic-y kind of love thing. balsamic yeah anything. stuff like Blaze, love balsamic. Mm. Yeah. Oh, balsamic glaze is great. Yeah. Good night. Balsamic, glaze, balsamic on like, glaze on like a pizza with other, you know, like sweet toppings. Like there's this place near my house, my parents' house called Panache and they have like this pizza that's like, I think it's like steak and pear with a balsamic glaze. It's delicious. It's like some arugula. That's mm-hmm. a good, This is way off topic from the question, but yeah, balsamic is good stuff.
3: You know, the combination of steak balsamic pear or peach ricotta that kind of thing is a real winner
2: i'm really not a ricotta guy though to be honest really yeah i think it's a little too like it's too weird texture for me like i don't Hmm. like like i want like a mozzarella provolone like just a normal like stringy kind of cheese
0: are we talking okay. just on pizza or like in general?
2: In general, I'm really not a guy. Wow. Mm. No, I'm a I'm a fan of you know
3: what? While we're on the topic, and we can wrap up the podcast soon. <laughs> I love a lemon ricotta pancake.
0: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, Emily's. Yes. You've never yeah. had those? Come we have Zooki. them at some of special
0: it. at the diner or at the breakfast place I worked at.
3: Not Dave's.
0: No, I don't work there anymore.
3: Dave's is out. Dave's is
0: no, out. I
2: don't. Wait, where I do you work now?
0: Um, I work at this place called MJ's. It's in Berwyn.
2: Oh, I do <laughs> not to know I'm gonna figure out how See far, far this weekend. is for me, and then I'm gonna come.
0: Um, I won't be there until September. I have August, all of August. Well, I'm I gonna
3: would go, go in September, September and and order the lemon ricotta pancakes. I well, let you know when they're force on. Force feed them down Dan's throat because I love a lemon ricotta pancakes.
2: Well, okay, I will eat get them only them. if you force feed them.
3: Okay, that's fine. That's what I plan Clear. on. All right, listen, we've got a lot to get. to <laughs> By that. I mean, almost nothing. Um, uh, this week, James Harden actually signed his contract and, and that the team announced it. I don't know if there's anything to say about this, but there were quotes about it. Harden said, I really want to win. I'm working out this year. New year, new me. I don't know. You know, Doc Rivers says I'm excited. Daryl Morey says I'm excited. Hooray. Any, any, thoughts on the contract that has now actually been signed and and announced by the team anything
2: I'm a bit relieved like sure I and I've been saying it was you know the fact that it was lingering like I wasn't thinking about it every day or anything I mean I I don't even think about the Sixers all the time like I do during the season you know I try to give myself a mental break but like the you know when we would do the podcast every week and it still wasn't signed it was kind of like yeah, I would feel a little better if it was signed, to, to be honest. like I'm not worried, per se, but it doesn't feel fantastic that it's not official. So I'm glad it's official. There's definitely a sense of security there that it is. Um, I know, um, I think it was Noah Levick from NBC Sports had a very good piece on um, Harden and how he's working yes. with, with Cassell and with Spencer Rivers. Um, and then you know, Spencer Rivers had the comment that Maxi has kind of um, this isn't I don't remember the exact quote, but he's kind of like re-energized Harden, um, which is great to hear because, you know, there's those there's the two accounts on Twitter. It's like Tristan and something else that are just like constantly finding these random Harden highlights somewhere and tweeting them out. Um, I don't know if these accounts know MonBear5 at all, but um, th- these are um, you know people that are tweeting out basically there's not like highlights it's not like workout highlights like we get from a lot of guys it's just him doing like non-basketball workouts a lot of times some of them are basketball but a lot of them are just like him working on his hamstring um and that somehow makes it out which is you know i guess you know it's good to see we knew it was happening but i guess it's nice to you know see see the work being put in of him Uh, you know continuing to work on his body earlier in the summer and and making sure he comes back in better shape so um, you know if if Maxie is is helping with that and if if that's something that's going to be you know he's going to come into the season with new energy then I think that's awesome Um, and that'd be huge but I'm like the main emotion is just relief that his signing happened.
3: Yeah there's a lot of Hardened propaganda, him working out. You're right. There are these two sort of faceless accounts that are floating around that I feel like uh, Francis uh, is retweeting a lot. And that's why I end up seeing them. But uh, yeah, he's working out. He's making every shot in the workouts and he's working on his legs a lot. He looks felt. Um, and I, I'm buying it all. I, I don't care. I buy it. I think he
2: I drafted it. him in the top 100. I'm all in it. You drafted him in the top 100.
3: Excellent. Right under the wire. Um, and, uh, yeah, Emily, any thoughts on uh, Harden officially being announced with this contract and, and some of the content uh, here that we're seeing?
0: Um, In regards to him signing, I guess I'm glad it got done. I never really doubted that it would get done. And it's basically what we had been hearing and all thought. There was no, like, big surprise or anything like that. So, like, great, I'm glad we can move on now. Um. In in terms of like him working out and looking like he's actually in shape and ready to play basketball, that all sounds great. Um, Yeah, I'm just happy then hoping that we get the hard end that we wanted. And we saw in like the first couple games last year versus like really playoff Harden. I mean, this is what happens every year. We get really excited. Then we look stupid. So let's like (laughs) hope we're here for... (laughs) this is a new turning over a new leaf, but like, I mean, we'll see. You
2: no, know, the whole look stupid thing is so funny. Cause like, it's obviously it's true. Um, but the one year I didn't buy in on the Sixers was like the, the Hawk of the year where we lost the Hawks. Like that was the one year out of the three years we've been doing the podcast and really my whole life where I was like, you know, what, I'm really not in on the Sixers this year. Like, obviously I watched every game, but I was like, I don't think they're going to be that good. And they got the one seat they stunk in the playoffs and it was like, ultimately like i was like kind of right in the end like they were not that good and i still felt so stupid i was like you know i went to i went to two games in that Hawks series they lost them both like with we, we, game five was one of the worst things i've ever seen we were all there mm-hmm. like yeah i felt stupid i spent my money on this team like i didn't feel smart about it well and also they even if they weren't that good they should have been in the eastern
3: conference finals that year like even with not being that good, they went to the seven with the Hawks and fucking yeah. should have won that series asleep. Like, Haw- you know, that that Hawks team was not very good. Like, no. what, what were they doing?
2: Right. I mean, and they were playing well. They were overachieving. They, they right. took a couple of games from the box, but like, this is the same Hawks team that was the eighth team this year.
3: Yeah, no, that, that like, you were right about that Sixers team and still, like, an absolute... Act of God happened for them to not be in the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. for the first time since Al Iverson. Like that was a nightmare.
0: Do you ever um, like? Are you ever like secretly happy that you were at that game?
3: In a in a perverse way, yeah. Because like it's because, yeah.
0: yeah, it's one yeah. of like the worst and just like most hilarious memories of my life. Like yeah. just like rioting
2: and well, it's
3: like we have like a Philadelphia sports purple heart in a way, you know, it's like, it's like I, we were at the Hawks. But
2: like, it, like I've been to, I've been to awful Philly sports games before. Like I was at like 2011 when the Phillies lost to the Cardinals and Howard towards Achilles. Right. like that was yeah. just sad. It was like, this was a really good team that I thought could have won. And like, I was at that game, Howard got hurt. That was like, that was, that was just really, really sad. Whereas like when this game ended, it was like, it was horrible. I felt terrible, but like, it was hilarious. Like at the same time, it was like, this was so bad. Like, I have to laugh. Like I was laughing at Emily because Emily was screaming leaving the stadium, just so mad. And like, I like, I like, wasn't, it wasn't sadness. It was like anger. And like, I, I I was like incredulous at at what we just saw.
0: Not in control of my emotions.
2: We were, we were, Emily was so mad at that corgi.
3: Well, with the corgi, we were watching this happen and we'll we'll move off with this because why would we make people listen to this but <laughs> so it was like two years ago we were everyone was it was about it though this is as it, as it was slipping away i remember sitting next to you guys being like hang on wait are they gonna lose this game like is this actually well as soon it as happening? it got to like
2: eight you knew it was over
3: <laughs> well it got to like 11 and i see yeah. joelle stand up and go back in in the fourth quarter and i was like oh my god it's like they're putting him back in the game We have to do this. Horrible. Okay. Um, The NBA is investigating the Sixers. Um, uh, Woj tweeted, the NBA has opened an investigation, like how silly, into the Sixers for possible tampering and early contact centered on the franchise's summer free agency class of James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Daniel House. The Sixers have begun cooperating (laughs) with the league on the probe. The NBA uh, is expected to pursue the circumstances surrounding Harden declining $47 million option to sign a one plus one deal that cut his salary to $33 million and gave the team more flexibility to sign Tucker and House. Uh, some have wondered whether if, uh, or if another deal was already in place for the future, which is against the CBA rules. I, you know, we've talked about the possibility of this before but Zach Lowe and others have been crying about this possibly happening um
2: Zach Lowe is crying about everything all the time
3: so a few things on this um one there's no way the Sixers have like a max deal for next year signed with James Harden if they do Daryl Murray should like hand in his GM card you don't sign a future max deal with a then 35 year old James Harden like that's not the way you should do anything like is this maybe a show of faith that like the Sixers would like to make good on James Harden and keep him a Sixer for years to come yeah maybe but that's not against the rules I don't think Um, literally every team that signs anyone tampers like this is everybody does this stuff like the suitors should tamper. And like in years past, they haven't tampered. And like, this is just the game. This is what everybody does. What this means is that like Miami with PJ Tucker cried about it and like, you know, like went to the NBA and, and you know, and complained. Um, I don't know if something's gonna happen with this. Or are they gonna lose a second round pick? Like, I, I guess I don't really care that much about like the ramifications of this. Like. I don't think anything serious is going to come of this I, I more find it funny and annoying but um that's that's all i really feel about it emily any any thoughts on this i they're calling it an investigation just <laughs> tremendous <laughs> emily any thoughts
0: um i really i'm more like the the use of the term probe like they're yes they're, like uh, they're aliens yeah it's funny um yeah i don't i mean i think maybe they'll lose their second round pick just to like I feel like it's the kind of thing like if someone whines enough then the NBA has to look into it and then they're like oh fine just like give us your second round pick like fine I don't really care. I think the thing that they probably are like more interested in is the Harden like pay cut so to speak. Um, I think that's the more interesting part than like the House and Tucker signings because like that shit happens all the time like free agency starts and you get 12 woge tweets like clearly everyone's tampering but I don't I mean that would be the way harder one to prove right um and like it's not the first time that that's ever happened like and I mean in other sports like Tom Brady takes like read the like redoes his deals and like moves them around to like make room for other players because he likes winning like that's basically what James Harden is saying at this point what is what is terrible as it is, like, what is $12 million to James Harden if it means he could maybe win a ring? Like, I think that he probably wants that more than $12 million at this point. Um, I would prefer $12 million, but that's just me. <laughs> and I don't, like, you. he can make whatever decisions he wants. So um, I don't, I think something will come of the the, like, Tucker House situation, like those signings. And if it's a second round pick, fine, but I don't think they'll be able to find any evidence in like what would be probably the bigger quote unquote crime, which would be like the James Harden piece. I don't think they're be going to be able to find, figure out anything or find anything there. So,
3: so yeah, I mean, there's like the Michael Rubin thing, but like Michael Rubin doesn't work for the team anymore. And unless you're like going into James Harden's, you know, Bank of America account and like looking for a wire from, Michael Rubin, like, I don't exactly know what you can do, because he... But is that
0: against the rules, even? Like, well, why can't Michael Rubin so, give James our money?
3: Yeah, right, if they're just pals and they wear the same white outfits, then why can't he... I don't know. It's confusing. Dan, uh, any more thoughts that, you know, you you haven't already shared on this one?
2: Well, I guess the, the one thing I, I would just say is that... Um, so, Brian Toporek... Um, mm-hmm. Newest Liberty Baller, I believe newest. Right. yes, um, new, I think newest also um wrote a, uh, I thought a very informative piece for the site. Um, and um, I enjoyed it. I thought it helped give me some context here. And my two big takeaways from what he wrote uh, were one, uh, basically the whole like if if the sixers were dumb enough to like leave like, you know, Digital evidence of them like agreeing with Harden like oh we're gonna sign you to a max next year, like that's basically happened before in like the early two thousands with the Timberwolves and Joe Smith, and the Timberwolves lost like five straight first round picks for it like it was like it was like the 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 full David Stern like punishment like as much as he could <laughs> as much as he could punish them for it, uh, so. I don't think the Sixers did that. I would like to think Daryl was careful enough to not do anything that dumb considering how awful the punishment for that is. Um, And then my other takeaway was um, he, he noted, you know, yeah, a few teams lost second round picks last year, but they were all from sign and trades that were leaked Mm. too early. None of them were from just signings themselves that were leaked too early. And so, you know, because of that, I If I had to guess, I would say that probably nothing happens with the Sixers, and they're probably investigating because some other team complained, or you know, Zach Lowe called in a favor to you know have his anti-Sixers agenda you know furthered by the league office. But I don't think that there's really anything to it. If I had to guess, obviously we'll see. But um, you know, based on based on what he wrote, which I thought was really good context, uh, and you know, if you're listening and you're, you know, looking to learn some more about this, I would recommend giving it a read. Um, I would imagine there's not a lot here. So, quickly, you mentioned Zach Lowe. uh,
3: And you brought up either last pod or two pods ago about how uh, the Jokic thing uh, uh, during the year, about how he was going to put Jokic on first-team All-NBA as a
2: forward. and, And... when Embiid, right. when Embiid race. was leading Yeah. And then sort once they took the lead, it was sure. nope, we can only have one. So, and then
3: uh, saying that he wonders if they're going to investigate the Sixers for this stuff. So, I definitely more than you like though. I think he does a good job. I think I, I enjoy his podcast. He's generally. a good writer. Yeah. He's so, so boring. <laughs> I have a bone to pick with him. Uh, I have a bone to pick with. Uh, Wendy, who I do love as a meme, uh, even though I don't listen to this podcast, so I guess I'm sort of talking at my ass here. Miles Bridges was in line for a max contract this summer, um, and almost surely beat his wife and, uh, is now sort of facing extremely serious, um, charges and everybody in the national media, or almost everybody, including Zach, who I've noticed specifically, just sort of calls it the Miles Bridges situation and then moves on to the next topic. And I think that's shitty. And I think that he could spare five minutes to like, actually talk about what's going on there with like, a massive free agent and the victim in this case, instead of just saying, like charlotte who knows what's going to happen there because of the miles bridges situation like i think it's bad like i think that he could actually you know spend a few minutes talking about how there's this person this human being who was affected by this surefire max contract guy who like oh no and it just doesn't exist you know because oh, there's this thing that makes us uncomfortable. Too, yeah of course one. there's a child like
1: yeah. so
3: so like uh, i don't know i think it's just sort of choosing to like conveniently not discuss it because it's uncomfortable or because, you know, you wanna do the, you know, whatever, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty thing. Like I think it's sort of a cop out and and whatever. So I I think that's disappointing. Um, And I think that he could spare five minutes to be like, there's one free agent who we talked about like a ton before this and, and now we've just sort of omitted him A while, so anyway, that's my to pick All right, um, Dan, you mentioned the article from Noah Levick about uh Maxi and Sam Cassell, and about uh, what's his name, Doc's son, Spencer. Yes, everybody loves Max, nobody has ever loved anyone
2: more than Maxi, the
3: city of Philadelphia loves uh, him. So, he what's his deal? He wakes up. Uh, he's, he's doing the Jimmy Butler thing, which we're all hypocrites with him because we love it when Maxie does it and we think it's lame when Jimmy Butler does it.
2: Yeah, but you know what? It, it's, I think it's different because when Maxie does it, he does it, it feels less arrogant when Maxie does it. It's like it gets covered, but it's always like someone else talking about what he does. You know, like someone else saying like, wow, Maxie is putting in all this work, Maxie's getting up at this hour, Maxie's doing this, as opposed to like jimmy butler like calling rachel nichols to it's be true. like uh like i just i just you know beat the starters with the third team at practice like i just you it's know true. i was dribbling no, the ball at such in the morning in the bubble
3: there's such different personalities no Maxie's is like incredibly humble and endearing and jimmy is uh, uh, incredible but uh, like the opposite oh, like pure bravado and so Maxie's working really hard and Harden is teaching him how to draw fouls and, and he, like you said, he's rejuvenating Harden. And Sam Cassell just every quote from Sam Cassell makes people want him to be the head coach instead of Doc. Even Doc's own son people want him to be the head coach instead of Doc. Um, there's that and then um, there was a brief video from one of those accounts we were talking about where the team was out to a team dinner which I can't remember like an off-season team dinner um, like this where Beball Paul and James Harden and and Joelle were out at a team dinner and it was like TMZ footage of it so um any additional thoughts on this stuff Emily
0: um my favorite part about the Maxi slash Sam Cassell article was when Sam Cassell was like yeah of course like he's like every player I work with gets good like it was like yeah he's putting in a lot of work but really like I'm the greatest coach and like everyone I work with is good so like why are you surprised I was like I love that confidence I love that it's great Um, and yeah, I thought he's like, I love this kid. He's like my son, all these players are my sons. It's just very sweet. And I will be sad when inevitably Sam Cassell goes and head coaches somewhere and he is not on our bench anymore, but maybe he'll just stay here and they'll fire doc at some point. That'd be fine. Um, and the team dinner was fun. Like you said, this never happened. It seems like they were all in New York. I think it was a steakhouse in New York. Um, so I don't know if guys were working out together or what, but I, I thought it was really cool that it wasn't just like Harden and Bede and like PJ Tucker, like bigger name guys like Bassey. And I think Jaden Springer were there, like these young guys that, you know, aren't getting a ton of minutes were there with people, um, like James Harden. So I think that's really cool. Um, also interesting that it seemed like James Harden drives his own car. I he saw was that. driving himself.
3: Yes.
0: But Joel had a, Joelle driver, had a driver. So. Yes.
2: And ASU- Joel who does paid drive and Joel, now, correct? Yes, yeah, he does. He still got
3: his license. Yes. I was ASU- really. Who paid? No. And Joel laughed and said, not me.
0: <laughs> I was really hoping that like James Harden would drive and then like B. well, Paul would get in the back seat. Like he had to like drop him at his hotel on the way home. Like when you like got dried from your friend, I thought that would have been really cute, but it didn't look like it happened. It looked like they were waiting for Uber. So
3: it's
0: <laughs> like, hey, Paul, you want to ride? The Marriott on my way to the uh, Plaza, the Ritz, or wherever. James, I guess he probably still has an apartment in New York.
3: Um, Dan, any thoughts on these?
2: No, I mean I, I like that the team is spending time with each other this summer, and no one is, uh, you know, turning their cell phone off. Um, yeah, I mean I thought like I mentioned, I brought it up earlier. I thought the article was really good. I the only thing I would say, I guess I took the Sam Cassell comment a little less endearingly. Um, I, I mean whatever who doesn't really matter who cares but it's like I don't know Maxie's like every everything we hear is like Maxie's like the hardest working guy like up at all hours working on basketball so it's like I don't know like unless Sam Castells also up at like four in the morning in the gym with Maxie like I don't know maybe give the guy a little more like credit than fair. just like oh everyone I work with does this like, he's, <laughs> he's putting an insane amount of work in like without you too so I don't think it's just you But yeah, it's like it's
3: like Sam, didn't you also cross over with Ben?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I mean, I mean, I'm sure Sam Cassell helps him a lot. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know. Like I think, I think the the first person I would credit Maxie's success to is Maxie. Um and then like in a very distant second, maybe Sam Cassell and Spencer Rivers. Um and Uh, But besides that, you know, it was, I thought it was a, it was a, it was a good article as all the maxi articles tend to be. I think they're, you know, he's, he's somewhat interesting without trying to be in that, like, he's just kind of like a wholesome guy, like a easily likable guy. I don't think he's purposely trying to be likable. I think it's just how he is. Yeah, I don't think he's putting on a facade to like help his brand. I think he's just this way. Um, And he's, you know, he's, he's so young too. He's still one of the youngest players on the team he's 21 still, Mm -hmm. so, um, I mean, he's, like, he's, he's, he's really young, you know, he's, he's the age of someone who should be entering their senior year in in college, and so, um, just to see, you know, the work he puts in, and how he does everything with a smile on his face is, um, I think, just kind of relatable for, for everyone, Um, and to, like, to, like, see someone, you know, that young, having it you know, seemingly so figured out is even more impressive. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying a lot of the offseason news for the Sixers. I've said this before. I hope there's another move there. Um, I don't think that. I don't think that. Well, I like their pickups. I think they're deeper than before. They're a better team for sure. I just don't think that anything they did really constitutes a major move. Um, I think. Tucker will really help, I think, you know, as a rebounder, as a um, as a defender. But, you know, for, for being a finished product, I'm just not sure they are. And we know that Daryl is, you know, definitely liable to make an in-season move. Um, even a pretty big one, he's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid of what that means for team chemistry, going to the playoffs, things like that. He tends to be pretty... Um, aggressive on things like that anyway. Um, but, no, I'm looking forward to it. Because, like like we said, I mean, I think we all agree that the, the biggest thing for the Sixers offseason right now is having Harding get back to his old self or at least as close as possible and getting healthy. So I'm happy he's putting the work in. I'm happy he's working on his hamstring. So, um, you know, he's, he's talked about, uh, I think it was the Haynes article that promoted his wine where he talked about, you know, how his hamstring is feeling better um than it was in the playoffs and it had been since the injury so um I'm I guess I'm pretty cautiously optimistic leaving this offseason and all of this you know um like team culture you know player uh profile type pieces um they just kind of make it more fun you know like I think we all we all want the team to be likable I think I've I've been I've been the one who cares the least about that in terms of like I was the one who said yeah like I'd trade Tobias for and Matisse for Kyrie sure like give me like, give me the best players on the team right like I might care the least about that but I still I still care about that right like I was I I couldn't stand them like every, everyone everyone knew this like like that obviously affected my enjoyment of the team I want I want to like the guys on the team I want especially the guys that everyone else likes like if we could all agree like oh like Kyrie's going to be here and he'll help us but like we don't really like him I could definitely I could handle that Versus like, if everyone's like, I love this guy and I'm like, oh, so I, I, I'm definitely finding the guys on this team to be, to be likable. And it it definitely helps get you excited for the season.
3: We're going to take a little break. Uh, When we come back, one more topic and then it's true time. We're going to play the most likely game. Here's a break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. We're back. The Celtics are reportedly in on, Ke- on Kevin Durant. Uh, Woj reported this, and then Shams reported this, and then Captain Windhorse went out there and said, you know that thing Woj said? He said, it's fucking weeks old, so don't even pay attention to us. I don't care what Adrian says. He goes, it's "Windhorse stale. is
2: so much more interesting than Woj these days because he will give you the correct interpretation yeah. of every rumor as opposed to just throwing stuff out ever since the deal
3: zone wendy's just like i don't adrian's like the big deal for i don't give a fuck
2: like that's old whatever he gives you like he, well no but it honestly is true really yeah. like like i'm dead serious like what Woj tells you is what is being put out by the team yeah. and when something is final and what Windhorse tells you is what everyone's understanding around the league is of a situation. Yeah, I'm telling you the, the, his guess at the probability something happens, and like he's been pretty reliable for a while now. He knows what he's doing. Now, why would
3: they do that? Um, <laughs> so, uh, essentially, Boston is in or is or was in on Durant and has offered Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Um, that it seems like a big deal if only for the simple fact that now Jalen Brown knows that he's been offered in a trade um, after the playoffs that he had and the finals that he had, when uh, Tatum was terrible in the finals. Um, what Shom said is that uh, Boston offered Brown, Derek White and a first and uh, the Celtics won or the Nets won Brown and Marcus Smart and picks uh, and uh, Celtics have been yet to say yes to that. What do you guys think of this? What what would you do if you were Boston? Would you do that? Um, you know, I would. If I'm Boston, I would certainly do the thing where I trade Brown for Durant. Um, you know, I don't. People talk about like they're just going to be a contender forever. Like I don't, I don't think that's true. I think things change pretty quickly in the NBA. Like I, I, you know, I think that if you can, if first of all, if Kevin Durant wants to play there, I have no idea if he wants to play there he doesn't then I think you're kind of fucked. But if he wants to play there and you can just have like two top ten guys like um Durant and Tatum, I think you kind of do it and lean on the rest of your depth. It would be hard to trade smart because he's so valuable and then otherwise you're depending on a lot of like old and injured injury prone guys. But I would I would try to find a way to do it if you can do like brown and white and a bunch of picks um but yeah that's how I would lean Dan what do you think
2: yeah I I agree with you I well and I I will say you know I think I'm a lot lower on Jalen Brown than most um and I think Brown is like a he's a top 25 player but you know I think a lot of people view him a lot more highly than that and to me I I see Jalen Brown and I see you know very good scorer and not very good at anything else. And scoring is the most important thing in basketball. Like I said, I think he still think he's a top twenty five player, which is really really good. Um, but I think he's like a fine defender. I think he's extremely extremely turnover prone. Um, not a particularly you know, good rebounder, or pass or anything like that. Like he's fine. Um, and I, I don't mean this as a knock on him, but I. I I just mean it to set up my case that I think this is such a slam dunk move for the Celtics. And I know that Marcus Smart has been, you know, such a constant for them and a leader for them. And, you know, is absolutely is one of the best defenders in the league, but, you know, Brogdon and White are good defenders. You can, even if, you know, it's not, if like, you know, if you, Brogdon is 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 worse than smart but if he's going to take his minutes he's still a good player getting those minutes instead of smart in the rotation and I think the leap from Brown to KD is enormous like KD is better at like everything like Brown might be a little bit better Brown is better at on ball defense but KD is better at, at like everything else and 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 really brown's thing is that he's a he's a he's a really good scorer and KD is a way better scorer a way better scorer he's way better at the thing that brown you know makes his money on um so i I don't think anyone needs to make the case for KD. i really don't care about age the celtics are winning now and if i were them i would do it and i and i get you know where the market's at it doesn't seem like it's a rush to get him like I would, of course, try to keep smart, but if you have to, I would do it if if you know it's brown and uh, like the the brown thing that is not even a question to me. It's like Katie is just so much better than he is. Katie's still a top five player in the league, probably. Um, so I think it's I think to me. And I understand it's not as simple as like, oh, this is a workable deal for us. So let's take it. It's like they're going to try to keep as much as they can. But for me, it's a no-brainer for the Celtics to do it. I don't think they're going to. I think they like Brown a lot more than I like Brown. Right. I think that as much – I really do like Smart, but I think they like Smart more than I like Smart too. Um, and we've seen this from them a lot. Like this core of Tatum and Brown, they've had a lot of opportunities to move Jalen Brown for probably someone who fits better than Tatum uh, – fits better with Tatum and probably someone who's a lot better than Brown. And they've been really hesitant to do it for a long time. And I don't think that that's going to change uh, this off season. I know it's Brad Stevens there now. Um, and, you know, well, he was always there, but he's, you know, in charge of the front office now. Um, and, you know, the, there's not, you know, the joke was always about how Danny Ainge was so close to, to making a deal. Um, and that hasn't been the joke about Brad Stevens, but I, I just get the feeling that it's not really happening. And I think if this were as simple as of, of a matter as, you know, if the Celtics wanted to do it, you know, they would do it. And like the Celtics will probably find a deal they like and a deal will get done. Like there's like, for because I hear that offer and I think, well, you know, the Celtics can't have to come down that much to be happy from where they are. But I think if that were the case, we would we would hear that. Like if if the Celtics only wanted to, you know, Celtics were were pretty close to happy with that Nets ask. We would have been, like, someone would have said that, like, Woes would have said it, Shams would have said it, or, or Windhorse would have said it, and we haven't heard it, and, and I can't imagine the Nets taking any less than brown Smarton picks for for Durant. So, I mean, if I were the Celtics, I would do it, and I think they would make the Celtics title favorites, but I just get the feeling that they're not going to. Emily, what do you think? If I were the
0: Celtics, I would do I would give the Nets what they want I mean it's Kevin Durant like I don't I feel like you don't need to make like I mean much more of an argument than that of course then there's me on the other hand being like well I'm not giving Tyrese Maxx up for Kevin Durant are you fucking crazy um but <laughs> that's a different story um but yeah looking at it from like an objective perspective which i guess i would be looking at the celtics i would you know do pretty much anything to get kevin durant that being said i don't want them to do it i don't want kevin durant on the celtics so they can feel free to keep you know going back and forth and not agreeing so that it doesn't happen um i mean yeah we play the nets a bunch but just like the celtics would be shitty that would suck so um yeah i don't i don't really think it deal will get done though i just don't see i feel like it's really hard for like when is the last time that like a player that good got traded and like what was the price
2: never probably
0: yeah so it's like but do you do you think he's gonna play for the nets yes yeah
2: i don't yeah. i don't think he has it in him to not play
0: i think he really he's he like he really likes
2: basketball i was
0: gonna say like he's like a I don't want to, like, he's like a basketball guy. Like, he just, like, loves, he's a hooper, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know how to tell you.
2: No, I, I agree with you. I, 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 think
3: no, but I, I, guess what I, I, I don't mean that he holds out of games. I mean that somebody ponies up enough that, like, his, his request is legit. It's and, a lot. And they find a way to make it happen. I don't, who
2: can, who can really meet that ask? Like, they want, like, they won, like, five picks and and a current all-star caliber player. I mean, even I wouldn't consider, like, I think the closest you can probably get is a Pelicans package. And I don't think Brandon Ingram is currently an all-star caliber player. No, and, think...
3: and would he even play in New Orleans?
2: Well, I'm not sure. I I think that he would have to. Um, I don't think he can demand well, a trade again. In- well, but
3: if he wouldn't be happy there, they're not trading the motherly.
2: But I no. think he would try. And if they believe in Zion enough and the rest of the team, but which I'm not even sure they should. Um, but I mean, I would probably go after Kevin Durant if I were anyone. But like how many teams can really, you know, ask, like give the Nets what they want, like picks going forward. And also, you know, someone to be relevant now, like they still have Kyrie. If they trade him, they'll probably get someone okay. Um, You know, they still have Simmons. If Kyrie and Simmons ever play, Ooh, and what do
3: you think
2: of that? Yeah, I mean, the, in their minds, like they're trying to yeah. win now. Yeah. And I don't know how anyone could possibly meet that ask. I mean, uh, the Suns have been the favorites, but the Suns can't meet that ask because the Suns aren't going to give Booker, and they can't Entry trade. Eight. They can't trade eight until January, and Eaton has a veto. And
3: Paul is not getting traded. I don't. I
2: don't think. I don't think the Nets necessarily want Eaton.
3: Oh well, they can't trade him for six months.
2: No, but I don't. Even if you wait six months, I don't think the Nets will want him necessarily. Yeah. And it's not um, easy. I don't think his trade value is that high, right? Like. Bridges and Picks, I don't think, is, is doing it as much as I like Bridges. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's an impossible thing to do because he's too good to be traded.
3: We'll see. We bring in Drew, uh, Drew Peltzman, of course, to play the most likely game here. Take it All away.
1: Right. Question one. Uh, which Sixer uh, would you most likely trust to land a plane in an emergency?
3: Ooh.
1: Uh, we'll go Dan, Steve, Emily.
2: All right. Which Sixer would I trust to land plane in an
1: emergency?
2: So I understand the question, but how I heard it in my own head was which Sixer would look the best in a pilot's outfit?
1: So if that's the angle you want to take, by all means,
2: that is to me the only criteria for landing a plane. I don't actually know how landing a plane works. I just think you have to look good. And you know who would look good in a pilot's outfit is George Niang. he He just would he's got he's got a good pilot look to him. I don't have a better case than that, but I, I just think he would look very handsome in a nice in a nice pilot's hat and the little suit thing they wear. And uh, he just seems like a pretty competent guy. So I would hand it over to him and let him land the plane.
3: Okay, so it's me against Emily on this one. Let's see. Um, I'm going to have to go with Tobias. This is, I'm going to use the book angle on this one. Um, Early. Yeah, using the book angle. reads constantly, probably too much. Um, studies all the time, reads too much, yeah. very smart guy, a very thoughtful guy, uh, would stay calm under pressure because he's you know, not a high-pressure moment on a basketball court. Hopefully, he would fare better uh, in, in the cockpit. So I'll go with Tobias.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with Matisse Stiebel. Sure. There was a few years ago a very funny video in which Matisse had a food order on the plane and got it all wrong. Just like only one chicken biscuit, not enough food for everyone. And my theory is is that he got the order wrong because he is so enthralled with aviation that he was focused on the flight and getting to, you know, be on the plane maybe talk to the pilot that he couldn't focus on getting the order right. So I think that he knows a good bit about aviation and I'm going to go with Leibel. All
1: right. All um, right. I'm going to give it to Emily because that was just a solid, solid comparison to throw back to a very funny video, which I remembered right away. So <laughs> that's an easy one. All right. Next question. Which sixer is Most likely to defeat Doc in an 18-hole round of golf. We'll go Emily, Dan, Steve.
0: Okay. Hmm. Well, I feel like I need to get this right. My husband is an avid golfer, but I, I don't feel confident in my abilities for right now. Um, for this one, I am going to say Tobias Harris. Um, I just think that he is a very polished gentleman. He wears a lot of matching outfit sets, um a lot of collared shirts, and those are all things that you find on a golf course. Um, and I think that he would dabble in some golf. I think he is pretty probably. Maybe a little tall to be a golfer, but has like the general golfing body type. So I'm going to go to my Harris. All
2: right. So when you think of, you know, NBA golfers, who do you think of? You think of Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry, very famous, you know, plays in the pro-ams and stuff. He's a, a supposedly a scratch golfer. He has that mini golf show. It's like half mini golf, half wipeout. And he, he, everyone knows that Steph Curry's a really good golfer. And who more than anyone on the Sixers wants to beat Steph Curry finally? It's James Harden. And so James Harden, you know, is he going to be able to beat him in basketball? Maybe, but he, he can't put all his eggs in one basket. So, yeah, he's working on basketball. But he's also been working on golf. And yeah, he's beating Doc easily right now because he's, he has his sights set higher than Doc. He wants to beat Steph out there because he has to beat Steph at something. I mean, it's all anyone talks about, right? Like, it's like, you know, the other both great players with Steph is the winner and Harden's like, no, like I'm, I'm gonna be the winner in golf. And he's been putting the work in.
3: I'm going to go with someone who would desperately want to buddy up to Doc. Somebody who wants more minutes somebody who wants to spend some quality time with Doc, somebody like Isaiah Joe. Um, Isaiah Joe, desperate for more minutes. Um, He might just get thrown into a trade, but he wants to endear himself to Doc, so he enrolled himself in private lessons over the summer. Um, Turns out he got really good at it. He has a knack for it. He's an athletic guy. He beats Doc. It backfires on him. He gets cut. But this is, is, I think, what happens. That's Isaiah Joe.
1: Yeah, well I at first when Dan started speaking I thought he thought Steph Curry was on the Sixers and I was like did you mit- don't like misunderstand but no um Oh, this is a tough one between Isaiah Joe and James Harden, but I think I'm going to go Isaiah Joe just cuz I when I made the question I, I in my head I was thinking who needs to like, you know, posture up to doc and I like his reasoning behind that. You could have chose anyone from Paul Reed to even Max. I probably would have considered it, but I get you guys might want to save him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, which Sixer is most likely to move to Hawaii after retiring? And the order is Steve, Emily, and Dan. Mm -hmm.
3: So i me to move to Hawaii. Hawaii is a good time, you know? And all I can say is that an incoming Sixer, what we know is that one of our incoming Sixers likes to all say is that we know that he likes to have a good time. And I think we know what I mean by that. Daniel House was in the bubble and he had a bit of a good time, a bit of a too good of a time, as he had a house visit, whatever you want to call it. So I think that he would retire after making however much money he made to Hawaii, and um, sort of uh, he has a burgeoning music career. If you look at his Instagram, I'm going to say Dan House would retire to Hawaii to uh, live lavishly.
1: All right. Am I up? Um no, it's Emily.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Um I am going to go with I'm gonna go with Joel and Bede. Um one, he will have the money. Hawaii is an infamously expensive place to live um so we know he will have the money also his fiance slash wife is brazilian i believe and will probably thrive in a warmer more tropical climate um similar to south america and i think hawaii would give their family that um we know that Joel like well, maybe he does. He actually doesn't really like water slides, but maybe, you know, being in Hawaii, all the resorts, he could get, you know, practice going down water slides. It would give him a lot of things to do in his post-basketball career days. And I think that he would enjoy it there. So I'm going to go to all All
2: right, I'm going to wrap it up here with my pick, and that is PJ Tucker. So I think that, we all agree Hawaii would be a lovely place to retire. And, uh, you know, I think it's more a matter of who is willing to go all the way out in there. Like, I think, you know, for some people, they either, you know, have shown that they don't really, you know, want to go too far from home. We see a lot of NBA, but I mean, Kawhi Leonard, right? Like really wanted to go to Los Angeles, left the, the champion Raptors. Um, and I think even other players like, I mean, right, Embiid has come a long way from home, but I kind of think, you know, obviously Philly's like a second home for him and he's, you know, he's really, you know, you know, settled down here and I and I think he's gonna want to stay here. And when you look at PJ Tucker, I mean, he's played overseas. And then he comes to, you know, I guess let's go chronologically. He did he played in Toronto, out of the US, but then he played, you know, he played in Israel, he played in Ukraine. He played in Greece, he played in Italy, he played in Germany, he played in Phoenix, he played in Toronto again, then he went to Houston, then he went to Milwaukee, then he went to Miami, and now he's in Philadelphia. He is not afraid to travel for, you know, where he wants to be for basketball reason, and he really hasn't settled down anywhere in a while. And I think when it's all wrapped up for his career at the age of 40, when a six-month contract, you know finishes up he'll probably look around and say what's the best place for me because he doesn't have anywhere he like needs to go back to necessarily he's been everywhere and he also seems to like trying new places I mean you know he's been all around the U.S. he's been all around the world he likes trying new places he hasn't been to Hawaii yet Hawaii is supposed to be beautiful I think he heads over there
1: it's a very thought-out response and I enjoyed most of it so Dan it goes to you Thank
3: you. um that was a lot of research most of it. yeah wow. i had
1: a lot yeah, of, time of research
2: it. i went third you know better be
1: good. <laughs> yeah you came uh you came with your homework so all right everyone has one point i didn't prepare a uh what's it called uh overtime tie-breaker. question oh, yeah, tiebreaker yeah so i figured like we could all just collectively make one up as a team um UFC 277 was last night uh Saturday night who's the sixer most likely to just end up in a boxing match or MMA match like Logan Paul or Jake Paul did where they're the celebrity or something or ex player like Nate Robinson which sixer is mo- most likely to find themselves in that position It'll be Emily, Steve, Dan.
3: Okay.
0: Um, I am going to go with Paul Reed. Um, as we know, he... He's not super active on social media, but like in the past, he's had some like funny tweets, not the like controversial ones, like the ones from when he was 14, when he was like, that were more amusing. Um, I just think that out of everyone on the team, he would find that he would find himself there, whether by accident or on purpose is unsure but I think he's a guy that follows on his commitments, and if he gets caught up in a some type of boxing situation, I think he would take it on, so I'll go Paul Reed.
3: I've got to go PJ Tucker here. I think that he's the the fightiest sixer. I think that he's the one to, to get into it most, you know, in terms of most, you know, nose-to-nose almost fights or or legit fights this year. He's got to be right up at the top and and he's he's the guy i think for sure
2: so when i when i look at you know who's going to win a boxing match and i you know i understand the question wasn't who would be the best boxer on the sixers but i think you know they're not just going to take someone who's going to get you know you know their their face punched in they they they, they want someone who's going to be successful i think everyone on the sixers is is smart enough to know whether this is something they would be successful at because you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation you have to be able to protect yourself. And I think the guy who would do the best here and who would therefore put themselves out there to do it would be Shake Milton. I think Shake Milton first of all is the perfect level of celebrity to do it where it's like he wasn't really a famous NBA player but he <sighs> has some like really good highlights. He had that 30 point game 39 point game against the Clippers like they could show that in the in the intro, like look what he did this one time, like you know look what he did in this game. But in terms of as a boxer, you know, shake is six five with a seven foot wingspan or seven one wingspan or something like huge plus wingspan, right? That'll be super advantageous in the ring. Um, or the is it a ring an octagon? I don't know what sports are we talking about. MMA, is it, yeah, yeah, one. whatever one, one of those sports where you hit each other. I don't really watch them that much, but you know, he can keep his distance. He can reach further than his opponent. Uh, that should be advantageous for him in the fight. So I think, you know, they're going to want him and he's going to want to, he's going to be like, yeah, I could do it because no one's going to be able to hit me. I'll just stand far away. I'll hit them. They can't even hit me.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, this is the toughest decision I've had to make yet. All of these are great choices. Um, when I thought of the question, I thought of Paul Reed. And then when Steve started explaining i was like oh it could be pj tucker he's the fightiest makes sense uh and then shake has the best name for the nickname to go along with it so this one's tough um oh man this is tough this is a tough one i think i'm gonna go pj tucker
2: oh
0: He's,
1: he is the fightiest. Joel specifically asked for him because he's the fightiest and toughest. So, like, by name, it makes sense. He gets it. Um, next one. And the last question. Um, which Sixer is most likely to be the first to wear an Eagles jersey pregame this season? So, the Eagles just started training camp. And which sixer is going to, I guess, pander a little bit to the fans. It's going to be Dan, Emily, Steve.
2: Yeah, so I think the pandering question isn't about who needs to. I think it doesn't tend to be who needs to pander panders the most. I think that some guys just pander and some guys just don't. And no one panders more than Joel Embiid. And we've seen, I mean, Joel Embiid isn't even an Eagles fan. He's a Packers fan. Yet when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was out there celebrating and thrilled for the city. And, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, pregame shows, it is Joel. Joel having, you know, the WWE guys out there before the game to, you know, do his little whatever. I don't know. I don't follow these sports. But that was another game I was at where the Sixers lost in the playoffs to the Hawks. So that was fun. Um, but he definitely makes, you know, a show of these things. He he enjoys, you know, that kind of pandering. He's a big panderer, and I don't think it is, the question isn't even, like, who's the Eagles fan? It's just, like, who is going to try to get the crowd into it in that way, and I really think it's Joel. Like, I, I just can't see any other guy doing it. I also think no one else, like, if, you know, if the case is to be made that someone else has to pander, I don't even think someone else could get away with it. Like, I think if it were, if it were almost anyone else, like if it were a fringe roster player, it would come across as, you know, them not really being focused on the game. It would come across as them, you know, you know, having their head elsewhere before the game. And and uh, I think for Joel, it would, it would be more of, you know, him trying to get the fans into it. He has the leeway to do it. He has, um, you know, shown that he will go out of his way. Like, like I said, not an Eagles fan. Don't think it even matters. Like he's just kind of going to do, if the Eagles have a big game, like, He's gonna he's gonna show up in an Eagles jersey and, and try to tie that in. He's just that kind of guy.
1: All right, Em. Okay.
0: Um I am gonna go, and this may be the easy way out. I don't know. But I'm going to go Charlie Brown Jr. The man is from Philadelphia. The man definitely has Eagles jerseys in his closet. He grew up here. I betcha he's an Eagles fan. If he's not an Eagles fan, he knows how much the city loves the Eagles. He's a guy that it wouldn't hurt to get the city on his side as like a fringe player, like an a la Mike Scott wearing flyers jerseys situation to make you know himself more of a fan favorite. Not everyone may know that Charlie Brown Jr. is from Philadelphia, which would work even more in his favor. Um, so I'm going to go Charlie Brown Jr.
3: I do want to acknowledge the dirty tactic Dan played, uh, <laughs> where he made his selection and then tried to harpoon Emily and my selection by deriding them before <laughs> we could even give them. He great. went. This he went. He word. went. Here's my answer, and then here's why. Their answers are fucking stupid before they even give them. And, and I just think it's a, that's I think right. it should disqualify him. That's I just, absolutely I, correct. This is, just, this is just how I feel. I think Dan should be disqualified. All right. Um, I think that the person to wear the Eagles jersey is the person who would be riding the wave of Philadelphia fan adoration. And that's Tyrese Maxey. I think that much like Mike Scott before him, this is and and hopefully he wouldn't be beating up fans in the parking lot at the like as the punctuation mark to this uh, summer of adulation. But people are just so in love with him that I think uh, like on a Monday night where the Eagles have a Monday night football game or something like that, if the Sixers are playing a bit earlier, he could show up in like a Jalen Hurts jersey and just make fans love him even more because fans are so in his corner that he could just show up in a jersey because I don't know of a particular NFL allegiance that he has and so people wouldn't think that it's like, no, but we all know you're blank, you know, you're this sort of fan. So um, I think that he could continue riding his wave and um, just to wrap this up, I would say that, you know, it's really basically down to me and Emily because Dan has been disqualified in this <laughs> round because of his
2: dirty tactic. <laughs> you got to um, play the game to win. I don't
1: know what to say. No disrespect to Dan and his tactics, but I wasn't going to pick your answer anyways. Yeah, I think so. Way, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Emily. It's the right choice. I understand. Uh, that was good. It was a Everybody good pull. Good. Honestly, we've been saying the same names over and over. It was nice to hear a Charlie Brown Jr. pop up. So, in fact, we are going to a tiebreaker between Emily and Steve. Dan, would you like to be an honorary question haver in order to break this tie, since you are disqualified?
2: I could try to make something up real quick. So let me think. All right. Oh, I got one. All right. That was quick. I, I thought of one because all right. So no I'm for me. I'm I'm moving soon. All right. So I'm I'm moving. Uh, I, I was in Spring Garden. I'm kind of in between leases, so I'm at my parents' house right now. And I'm moving down like a little bit near South Street, like right off of Fitzwater. And, you know, moving is tough. You know, there's a lot of, uh, it's either a lot of work and time or a lot of money to buy it, to pay for movers. So, you know, it helps if you have a buddy. So which sixer is most likely to be there and help another sixer move? You know, at at their at their ask. If they, you know, reach out to the team someone reaches out to the team group chat says, I'm moving, who could give me a hand? Who's most likely to text back and say, all right, I will I will help you move. I'll be the one to come and I'll give you a hand. What's your order? Uh, Drew, come on.
1: All right, let's go. All right, who. Steve, you have not won a complete match yet, so I'll give Mm -hmm. you the floor because you're the underdog.
3: Okay. I am going to say the six are most likely to volunteer themselves to help is Miles Powell Um, because really that guy needs people to like him because he's not good enough to play on the team. And he, he just needs to make use of himself in every other possible way. Anybody need, need water? Who needs water? anybody? Need, I'm going to Wawa, who wants a shorty? Anybody need, who wants anything? I'm, I'm going to uh, MJ's, anybody want lemon ricotta kind of pancakes? You know, he's, he, he just has to do everything possible to endear himself to his teammates so that on cut day, and they're like what about champagne guy what's his last name or what about miles you know what miles helped me move a sectional into old city i like him can you can we keep miles around miles i think would be the guy to volunteer himself
0: i'm gonna go with furcon corkmas um i think we've seen in you know the past that he becomes friends with his teammates he was good friends with Ben he lost him he's friends with Matisse I just think that he as a guy that you it's know the did worst people I mean I he didn't ask does he move good people Dan he didn't ask that that was not the question actually you asked the question it's not the question um So I think, you know, Furkan is a guy that he's not from here. the people that he knows here are his teammates. Um, Most of his family, I assume, is still in Turkey. So he's, you know, building his family here. And when your family needs help, you, you, you know, you turn up for them. You, you show up, you help. And I think that, you know, Furkan has said, you know, his teammates are like his family and he's going to w- be willing to help the move so i'm going to go for crown. Hmm. hmm
1: hmm um i like how you guys both kind of went the like intern route it plays a, a heavy heart for me um <laughs> i think i'm going to go with steve with miles powell um <laughs> i think in terms of mo- like actually moving furniture and going about doing that uh, I th- think I could see Miles Powell being more like oh I can help you out I can help you out even if he can't even carry it like he will try yeah Furkan I mean feel like he would help until like a point where he'd be like ah, I did it like four times in a row like I don't feel like doing it one more time like why are you still moving um yeah all right Miles Powell wins, Stevie win. Congrats. Great job. One-one uh, one. Yeah, everyone is one-one. Even even battle going forward.
3: All right. We did it. All right. Follow us. Third and girl. Gastro blues pod. Steve J. Lippman. D.A. Peltz 13.
0: Can I say one more thing quick? Please do. Um, I just want to say. As a basketball podcast, I feel like we should address the fact that Bill Russell died today. So I just want to say yes. that NBA won the great, one of the greats. Yes. Um, and so our hearts and everyone goes out to his family and all the people, you know, as much as I already said, I hate the Celtics, the Celtics fans, yeah. you know, we support them in this. So RIP to Bill Russell.
3: Legitimate icon. So extremely sad. Um back to your sign off. (laughs) On a uh on a different note, as a Philadelphia podcast, the fire at Jim's uh at and fourth, um, my personal favorite cheesesteak
0: city.
3: My absolute favorite. Uh been going there, you know, for as long as I can remember. Thinking of them, they put out something about how they will rebuild, but their employees need help. So there's a fundraiser on there. So um seek I, that out
0: yeah i retweeted uh, it from my twitter
3: same um so, <clears throat> so uh, go ahead and give to that if you can um so yeah that's uh that's all follow us the guest with blues pod a sixers podcast on youtube be back next week we love you and uh that's it goodbye